welcome back to episode 49 of the Summer of Miles podcast as we inch toward the autumn of trials. We have a very special guest on here today, a long form interview with someone very special from the running community here. Sandy, talk to us who we got. Uh, we got a special guest today joining us here on the Summer of Miles. If you are from the Raleigh area, you know that we are home to a few universities, and with that comes some uh, distinguished coaches. One in particular that we get to speak with today from the running community is Coach Raleigh Geiger, the director of the uh, NC State Cross Country and Track Program. Has been there for a while, but he uh, he's been in, well. Raleigh has been in Raleigh for multiple decades now, and uh, we just got word probably in the last month or so that Coach Geiger was, has been uh, elected to the 2019 uh, United States Track and Field Cross Country Coaches Association, which is a huge honor. Uh, I, I nailed that acronym. You did. Good it's job, Sandy. USTFCCCA. Um, he and along with a couple others, uh, Navy coach uh, Jack Daniels, who a lot of us use as a, a training module. Um, but uh, Coach Geiger is going to be um, uh, in, inducted, I guess, uh, later this year, but the announcement just came out. So, of course, having run at NC State, I knew that, and of course, just the close proximity we have with him, we were like, we have got to get Coach Geiger on here. And, uh, and so he was um, a little tentative at first. I will say, you know, it's hard to... I mean, Pat, you know, as a, as a media guy, I mean, it's hard to get some good content from Coach Geiger out there. And he talks about that on the interview. He is all in on coaching. He doesn't really mess a lot with the rest of it because he is focused on his team and his athletes. And it shows. And it was fun to sit down with him and, and take in this, you know, 45-minute interview or so and hear a little bit more behind the man in the Adidas sandals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if you've seen Coach Geiger, you know, he rocks the – the three-stripe life from head to toe. <laughs> Most certainly you can see his toes. He's wearing sandals usually. But um, that's going to be an incredible kind of, as Pat said, long-form interview. You are not going to want to miss that. And, of course, we will wrap down today's episode with a couple recordings, uh, kind of some special honorings, if you will, of former athletes and their sentiments towards Coach Geiger. You are not going to want to miss that, so stay tuned. But, Pat, hey, listen, um, as you mentioned, Autumn of Trials – that means one thing. We're back. We're back. It's cross-country season. Spike it up. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. So if you've been with us before, this is going to be our third year out at Dix Park. It's going to be a little different this year, but the spirit will remain the same. That's right. We're going to kick it off on Tuesday, October 1st. We will have a three-mile, 5K, something along those lines for the adults, and we'll have a 1K, one-mile, something in that kind of world for the kids. We will then take two weeks off. We're going to do these every other Tuesday for the first few. So Tuesday, October 15th, we'll have the next round, different course. We're going to potentially be crossing the roads this year, so Uh-oh. be look out, looking out for some different courses. And then we will have the finale on Saturday morning, October 26th. Well, hold on. Hold, Pat, is that us? In years past, we've done everything on Tuesdays. That's correct. Did Sammy. I just hear that our fun, the finale, the the city cross country championships is going to be on a Saturday morning? Yes, we're going big this year. Weekend Ooh. hustling. There we go. Yeah. So Did look out for details. Still play on Saturday? You know what, Sandy? They will. We're <laughs> going to get the bagpipes. We're going to get the hay bales, hay bales, the pumpkin jumps. That's right. We're going full European American cross country. Full. That's right. <laughs> So so take a look. Popupxc.com, I believe, takes you there. Just go to SirWalterRunning.com for the details. Those first two are free. And the next one, there will be a small charge, of course, with some hardware involved for the winners, winning team, winning individuals. 
and will be a fun time or to get some some breakfast food trucks out there and just just go for it absolutely i can't wait it's gonna be awesome again we'll be doing um again it's the first the 15th and the 26th these are all in october and uh, of course we we are here the beginning of september and it's still it's still really humid I'm really hoping by October, Pat, that this this weather just cools down a little bit. Well, speaking of Coach Geiger, on Friday, September 20th, which is next Friday, we've got the Adidas Cross Country Challenge over at uh, Wake Med. Med. It's kind of the kickoff for a lot of the local college teams, specifically NC State. And hopefully that will be the last break of summer before it starts getting nice. Because by the time it hits October, we want some cross country weather. There's no question. I, I mean... The humidity is still stifling, and I'm really getting tired of it. Yeah. Hey, speaking of something we got a, actually a reprieve from this weather was last week, Pat. You and I had a chance to go up to Long Island to see kind of a, a sister race of ours. Yes, well, for sure. What was it like being up at the uh, the? I've heard it called the Calmerber Mile, <laughs> aka the uh, the Hoka One One Long Island Mile. Um, what were your thoughts, Pat? It was fun to see our friends there from from when we got there, and went over to the Merber's house where they had the pre-race dinner. So many of these athletes, I'd venture to say 75, 80% of them have run Sir Walter over the years. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was like walking into just a group of friends you haven't seen in the past, well, in our case, the past month. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it was a great vibe. The Merber's hosted a great party. Uh, the, the race day, of course, if you follow us on Twitter, we, we might have mentioned this, but the, their race is certainly different than ours. They have more kind of athletes participating in the the races leading up to the big race, but uh, the, the spirit is very similar. Um, they're doing a lot of what we do. Just, just a great vibe. It's, it's cool seeing everybody come together up there. Of course, they have different accents, but it's a, it's a great situation. Um, Sandy spiked them up. I did. Yeah, it, you know. Yeah, I mean that was probably the, the low point of the week was 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 the mile that I ran. Uh, that being said, um, it was still fun to just from a from a you know participant slash spectator uh, kind of see what it's like to be at a race that's similar to ours, but then um, just to kind of experience it from a, from like I said like from another angle as opposed to the you know the the, the primary meet director. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. We um, we went to Sunken Meadow and ran the course uh, some version of the course there the day before. We ran up Cardiac Hill. Hernia right. Hill, aka yeah. Snake Hill. That's right. We went through the mouse hole. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you, if anyone has run this this what we've understood to be kind of a legendary cross country course in Long Island. Yes. Um, we there was like three or four cross country teams out there, and we all asked them like, "How do you run the five k here?" Got widely different answers, <laughs> and it was very unclear as to uh, as to how. So if anyone's from Long Island listening and can explain actually how you run the five, like the true. You know, cross country invitational 5K out there at Sunken Meadows. We'd, we'd love to, we'd love to get a, a an explanation. <laughs> we get back, but yeah. it was a lot of fun. We, of course, we saw Mikey. Saw Mikey. Brandy we did see Mikey running on the boardwalk where we also saw a deer, and all the fur on the the deer's antlers was like over the antlers. It was really cool. I, I've never seen that before. Yeah, it was Long very Island's, peaceful. Long Island's a special place. It was. It was cool. That was fun. Uh, Post party, good time. It was. You know, of course, a little different from ours in the sense that. It's a Wednesday night, and so you know, with that, it was actually the we we came to find out was the first night of their public school in Long Island. So I think, you know, I think they were probably the just timing was a little off, but but the post party was at like this Irish bar in downtown Bayshore, which is where the race was held. It was a lot of fun. Probably one of the best parts is we rolled up and you know put our put our card down. We're gonna have a few drinks, and the, the bartender said, "Nope, 
Uh, it's all gonna be covered tonight. Yeah, so I'll take six Schlitzes. Yeah, and, and uh, that's gonna be five mango white claws. You know the drill. Uh, yeah, but it was a great time. I yeah. did. There was a really good vibe. A lot, just very athlete centric. Um, they did a great job, and it was actually really fun. Obviously, Kyle Merber, great job. But behind Kyle Merber is a guy named Brendan, and I'm gonna forget his last name. Barrett. Brendan Bear, I think that's right, who is the owner of Sayville Running, running Company. Company. Smithtown Running Company. Exactly, yeah, yeah owns yeah. two of them. And uh, I think ran at Notre Dame, I believe. Was, okay. Was it Iona? I, I didn't catch that. Uh, anyhow, um, ran in college, but a great guy. Him and his wife were um, obviously, you know, they're the ones helping to put on the meet kind of more on the ground throughout the you know time leading up. So really good, just cool meeting him. And, uh, and of course, you know, kudos to Kyle on a, on a job well done on the meet. So that was fun. So that kind of put like a true end to the summer of miles in terms of like experiencing that. That was fun. It was kind of a yeah. little, um, like a little Sir Walter kind of, uh, you know, um, Jeff Karen and, and Melissa Coleman were up there as well. So it's kind of a kind of a post Sir Walter um, kind of a recon mission to see how others doing Definitely. and learn and learn. Yeah, a lot of fun. Okay, guys. So we're gonna get into this interview. A couple quick announcements before we get there. If you have been following the saga that is the 41st day, the film about Ryan Hall feature link documentary by our friend Tim Jeffries, be on the lookout. We're going to be announcing a screening here very soon in Raleigh. This is a 90 minute film. Tim has spent seven years making this film. So you're going to want to come and join us. We'll be putting that info out soon. And we are also working on the details for the 2020 Raleigh half might be some changes coming up. So be ready for, for that next year and we'll, we'll keep it going. But without any further ado, Sandy, let this interview roll. Yeah, totally. Here we are today, as mentioned in the intro, episode 49. We're excited to have Coach Raleigh Geiger with us. I'm going to let Sandy take it away. All right. Well, here we are at Weisinger Brown in the office of NC State Cross Country and Track head coach Raleigh Geiger. Raleigh Geiger, as you know, has been, this will be his 40th season at NC State University. Hard to believe. Coach, first and foremost, congratulations on uh, recently being nominated to the USTF CCCA. Inducted, not only nominated. Yeah, inducted, there we this go. This is Thank real. You. Okay. <laughs> Into the Hall well, of they, Fame. They could change their minds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Until they, until they give until, you the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Is, is it being put up to a vote, I guess, is the question. <laughs> they did, I think, and he's passed the test. Yeah. It's a long time to December. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Coach, congratulations first on that. That's a huge honor. Thank you. How did you find out? Uh, I received a letter, and I opened a letter on a Monday. It said, you will be inducted, but you can't tell anybody. And Tuesday, I was called uh, Sam Seams, the uh, CEO of U.S. Track and Field, saying, Sam, do you really want to do this? And by the time I was going to make the phone call, it was out there. They said, don't tell anybody, but then on Tuesday morning, it was just out. So uh, that's how I found out through a letter, and then it was Tuesday on the social media. And this is, you know, Coach, as I looked over, who was in, uh, inducted, there was one other name, Jack Daniels. So, you know, between you and him, this is a, distinct, a distinguished class. Joe Piani from Notre Dame. That's true, that's true. So, the, 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 you know, the, the nominees and the induction, it's... it's 
it's it's impressive. Yeah, there's like 200 former inductees, and it's it's humbling. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, of course, you know, I let, let me just take a step back. So I ran at NC State for grad school, coach. You allowed me the opportunity to come here and and started at Georgetown, graduated, came here, kind of got a, a second chance. But I, I'm from Raleigh, so I grew up in this program knew a lot of the runners this is a historic program due in large part for the fact that you've been here for so long I mean there's so longevity kind of want to take a step back if, if we can you graduated from Kent State correct correct you ran there correct from there you then start got into coaching and it led you to Florida to become coach at Bradenton can you kind of just share a little bit about how that happened I graduated in uh 1970 from Kent State University. Uh, my parents were starting a business um, in Sarasota, Florida. I went down to kind of help the thing get started, applied to a middle school teaching position, was accepted. Um, so I was a middle school teacher, seventh and eighth, ninth graders. Thought, okay, what about coaching? So I went to the one of the local high schools, Southeast High School, and they, they put me on as an assistant track and field coach and the head cross country coach. Spent one year at uh, Southeast High School, went to Bayshore from there, Bayshore High School, and spent four years at Bayshore. And that's where that's where Betty, Joe. Yeah, Betty was a, a freshman when I arrived on the campus. Okay. Yeah, she was a freshman at that time. So did they have a distinguished program before you got there? No. Okay. It wasn't a program. It wasn't a program. No. <laughs> well, okay, so you started coaching. Did you know you wanted to coach, or was it just something to kind of add on with the teaching? I wanted to coach. Um, that was important to me, um, you know, working with students in, in, uh, in the sense of cross-country and track and field. So that was an important element. Um, and I always, I've always said this about teaching and coaching it's really two jobs at the end of the day you have your act you're a teacher that's a full-time job in the afternoon you're a coach it's a full-time job so I, I found it very demanding but that I, I wanted to do both mm-hmm. what, you know obviously you then went to you know spent the years kind of helping to build that program in Bradenton, correct? That's mm-hmm. well, The name of the high school was Bayshore? It was in Bradenton, Florida. The high school is Bayshore. Bayshore. Right? Mm-hmm. Where did you get some of your early influences about what kind, what kind of coach you were, or what you know wanted to be, rather? Well, you, you know what you've been taught. And so I went back to what I was doing in, at Kent State University. Okay. Um, but then I read a lot. And what you do is you just take from different coaches and then kind of form your own philosophy by mm-hmm. doing that. So I kept on reading, kind of doing research and thought, well, these, these things work. But again, it, it starts with, you know, what did you do as a athlete in college? And in my case, it also goes back to my high school coach, Robert Stabile at Bedford High School in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> I mean, I used a lot of those same things that we did with Bedford High School. Was there anything you knew that you wanted to do different, especially when you started off? make changes every year um, and the sport grows every year athletes get better every year so if coaches don't change you fall behind mm. and if you don't continue to learn it's like any profession you best stay on top of things continue to learn and you got to change you can't just be locked into one system get things change right 
So you're there for four years. Was the plan to go to college? I mean, was the plan to move into a college realm? Explain that transition. You know, I, I had thought about college coaching, but I don't know how many high school coaches don't have that thought. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Definitely. I mean, they all have that. Everyone has that thought that, man, this would be this would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I, I was at the right time, right place, right time. Tom Jones, who was the uh, was was hired as the head coach the year prior to to uh, my arrival on campus, had coached high school track and field in Chamberlain at Chamberlain High School in Tampa. So he knew of the program in Bayshore. They're about an hour apart. So Tom was hired at NC State, and then the, the distance coach um, decided to retire, and I got a phone call. Who was that phone call from? Was it from It was from Tom. Tom. But who was, so this was in, what, 79? This would have been... Uh, or 78? It would have been 78, 79. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you come. I mean, they kind of take a chance on you at some level. They took a big chance. I mean, it was a huge chance. I didn't have experience at the college <laughs> level. So, um, but again, he knew the program, and I had a young man that was talented named Jeff Warwick. I mean, as a sophomore in high school, he ran 348.7 for 1,500 wow. as a sophomore. It was a national record. So I had a couple athletes. I think uh, Tom saw that. Um, so again, I was at the right place at the right time. And Sandy, one of the keys. Here we go. To college coaching. Everyone listen. This is... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you have different facets. You, you gotta you, be, you gotta be able to coach. You gotta have relationships. Um, uh, you have to interact with your athletes. But before I got an education, I was in sales, mm-hmm. and that background for recruiting was huge. Huge was huge. It wasn't encyclopedias, but it was close. Right. <laughs> it was close. It was actually pots and pans. Mm-hmm. And it was cold call. You made a, a cold call as you call someone. They don't know who you are. They don't want your product. Right. But somehow you get in the home. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. And you make a presentation. It's the same. It's, you, it's exactly recruiting. So you were selling pots and pans. I was selling pots and pans. <laughs> Fine wow. china, crystal, cookware. <laughs> Working on your soft skills. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And actually, it was, I became a manager of Columbus, Ohio, uh, Toledo, Ohio, and Cleveland, Ohio. Does that, mean, good. does that mean these days if you hop back into the Cutco knife uh, machine, <laughs> you could probably kill it? That was one of our competitors. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. It was a competitor. Y- yes, I, I have a backup. Okay, okay, yeah, good. I Y'all heard it first here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Coach, when you got here, who was the head coach? Tom Jones. Or okay. the distance coach? Who, who had just left that it opened up the spot for uh, you? Uh, Russ. That's okay. Yeah. Um... He left, and when I when I arrived, Tom Jones was the head track and field cross country coach. Jack Batch was on staff. Okay. So there was two of us working with the distance program. Explain a little bit about. Russ Combs is one that retired. Okay. Speak a little bit about Jack Batchelor. I mean, you know, he I mean, he was a very distinguished runner himself. Um, I mean, I think raced against Pre Fontaine. I mean, he he had kind of that history. He'd been around. Well, Jack was a two time Olympian. There we go. And so I'm, you know, it's, you know, I'm coming in as a high school coach. Right. <laughs> so, but we worked it out. Yeah, uh-huh. It worked. I mean, he was real close to the Shea family and right. Julie uh, for NC State. But there was, I think, the thought that certainly Mary would follow Julie here because her dad ran for NC State. I mean, the history of the Shea family and NC State is long right. and historic. Um, and then with Betty coming in, I mean, my gosh, up front, 
Ju uh, Julie Shea, Mary Shea, and Betty is a is a great. It's, it's a stout crew. It's a stout crew. Yeah. And one of the things, again, go back to my sales background. I was recruiting um, athletes while I was a high school coach to come to NC State. Once I committed and time had committed, I was making phone calls to high school seniors. Ann Henderson, 443 in, in Brexville, Ohio. Sue Overby, MacArthur High School, Fort Myers, ran 448 for 16. So that recruiting class with Mary, Betty, Sue, Ann, that's a recruiting class. So at this point, was that out of kind of customary? I mean, like, was that not, it was in the recruiting game? Were people just sending letters? Like, it was under AIAW guidelines. The official visits did not exist. So a lot of this had to be done on the phone. Okay. Which that's where your 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 skill shines. My skill. <laughs> the, the other thing, Sandy, I thought was important is who's in the program. At, you know, at NC State, I'm coming in and they don't know. They don't. They know I'm I'm just a high school coach. So I started calling Valerie Ford. What was important? Kim Sharp was important. Making sure those pieces stayed at NC State. Okay. So then, I mean, as soon as you got here, I mean, you had immediate success. Of course, you had these incredible individuals, but I mean, y'all won. I know. Betty in 81, 83 was a national champion. Susie in 85. Um, and then under the AWIW. AIAW. Y'all won two titles. Two titles. Mm -hmm. So that was within. 79 and 80. Mm -hmm. So that was immediately when you came in, you mm -hmm. were already winning what was the precursor to the NCAA titles. Right. So you, you right off the bat, you were having immediate success. Oh, but, but the, the lineup was incredible. Is that the most talented lineup that you've had while you've been in coaching? I mean, a lot's changed, I understand, but... I think we played three in the top ten at, at the Nationals. Mm -hmm. and we, I think we've done that three times. But when you're, you know, I, one year, uh, Julie won, Betty was second. You know, I mean, it's... If you're running really well up front, and we, and we ran well at three, four, and five also, so it was, it was just a very... And very competitive among each other. Right. I mean, they were... Competitive. I was gonna say, give me just a little taste of some of that competitiveness in program during that time. Well, I, <laughs> the front runners didn't like to lose to anybody, including each other. Right. So it, it was a battle. It was a battle. Where that was it was Mary, Julie, Mary and Julie Shea, Betty, Susie. Well, Susie came in after. The uh, after, okay. But it, in the outdoor championships, um, eighty eighty one. We were one, two, three in the 10K at the national wow. championships. Julie won, Mary was second, and Betty was third, and they're battling. I mean, they're not. This is a battle. Yeah. Eugene, Oregon, there was exactly one z one second between first and third. Oh my goodness! To the hundreds. That's how close it was. I can promise you, they were battling each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, as as a coach, what were the, some of the things you were learning right off the bat? You know, coming in the program, having this top talent, but trying to I'm guessing at some level keep the reins from <laughs> common denominator and over the years is if you have high level athletes you almost have to hold them back. Right. They're on a training run and they're they're you know it's they're getting after it. And so at times, you know, rest is an important part of your training. Right. And you got to be careful that every every day's not a hard day. Yeah. And we've been talking about the women when I first got here the men um, hadn't scored a point in their the track and field champ ACC track and field championships 
from 800 to 10K, they didn't score a point on the track. Wow. And so that process of the men's program, which we were talking about the women, but there was a lot, and the women were good when I arrived. It took time on the men's side. When did you start to see some of those breakthroughs on the men's well, side? Well, I think we qualified the team to nationals in 85 or 86 on the men's side. Okay. And if you look at the results from then, we've been successful. I've seen, you know, you kind of going back, once the it was the, the true NCAA, the highest team finishes mm -hmm. were your 1987 women's when they came in second, Oregon, by mm -hmm. two points. By two points. And mm -hmm. then the men's, which is my favorite team of all time, 1999, led by the twins, Chan and Corby Ponds, came in third. Third. Mm -hmm. Which of those stands out to you? I mean, what, what do you look back on? Different. Totally. I mean, men's program, podium, finishing third. I mean, they were just pumped, right? Right. On the podium. You get one of those. I mean, there's there's trophies in the trophies. Right. The NCAA <laughs> top fours are special. Right. The women were disappointed with second. Oh. As on, this is on a second B. I mean, we lost by two. Sure. I mean, you go back through the results. Did they make a mistake? I mean, two points in a cross-country meet is oh. you pass one person. We put three in the top ten and lost. Mm. Oregon had three in the top 11, so they weren't far off. And you, you get done with the, the competition, you don't know who won or didn't. It's, it's a two-point ball game. And so that one was, is still today hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you remember the, 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 the losses that were close like that more than the wins. But right. the, the men's team that was third special and certainly uh, the, the women, the 79 and, and 81 were special, 79 and 80 when we won the national title. What, um, speaking just one more question on the team front, what team kind of stands out that men or women that surprised you the most with their performance? Just over a season or even at the nationals? Well, that would be, that would really be hard for me to answer without going back and really taking a look. <laughs> That's true. I mean, Your 40th season, there's yeah, 40 yeah. opportunities <laughs> times no. two, 80, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, there, there have been so many teams and, and again, sometimes you remember the ones that came so close. Because mm -hmm. it, it's always been this way with me. If a team wins a championship, whether at the conference level, let's say, or a regional, the interaction with teammates, that's special to me. Mm -hmm. The interaction with a son or daughter, with mom and dad afterwards, that's special to me. So sometimes sitting back and you watch those things, for example, our men's program did not run well this year uh, in, uh, at Wisconsin. We went to Wisconsin twice. We ran poorly. Mm -hmm. And you don't make it to nationals criteria. I don't want to go into how, how you qualify, but we were, not, we were not running well. And for us to get to the regional championships and then win, you know, the women won, but we kind of expected that. And, right. that's, and that's probably not, you know, you shouldn't but they won. The men weren't expected to do that. So that was, a, if you look for a special team, sometimes that type of team, where they're not expected to do this, it becomes real special. And it seems to me it's been like a Geiger special. It's like <laughs> teams that just turn it on, whether it, you know, pulling out ACC championship or even just you know, on the brink and then pulling out a great regional race. How do you year in, year out, get the, get the teams right where, they, right where they need to be right when it matters? You know, they, they talk about physical fitness, there's also mental fitness. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things I do, I'll go to Barnes & Noble. They still exist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I just look around for something that 
be appropriate to have the night before a race. And it's amazing. Sometimes I go to the children's section and you find a book in there that's really motivating. I like it because you can read it quickly. It's got a lot of photos, you know, pictures. Right. <laughs> I think it's great for me. But I think the, the mental preparation, and that starts from day one leading into this thing. That's so important. I'm going to tell a quick story. I'll never forget. This was uh, my last year of cross country at NC State, and you had asked all the – you had gotten your assistant to get uh, parents of the men and women who are running to send in a baby picture. And you had our baby pictures played on a PowerPoint. <laughs> and can you kind of just explain why you did that? I can't answer the why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I get these ideas. And usually when I get an idea, it creates work for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I don't – getting those photos, I, I'm sure Jackie – the one that spirit. I just thought the interaction with the team mm-hmm. that at the end of the day one of the things else let, let's say the weather's really it's raining it's muddy it's when you were a child your mom would say you can't go outside and the child would want to go outside and play of mm-hmm. course now we're running a cross-country meet and there would be those who would say oh it's cold out it's rainy out just become a child, child. Yeah. Just get outside and play. So important. <laughs> Coach, let's, go, let's kind of go down there just a little bit, you know, um, when, it, when it comes to, you know, the mental side of the sport is, you know, is one of the biggest challenges. I mean, to go out there and perform, to be in a good spot mentally. Can you just talk a little bit about what you've seen kind of um, the mentality of athletes? You know, but you've seen tons of recruits come in and out of this program. Just some of the changes you've seen over the decades. Well, Sandy, I, I think it's uh – Things are a little, a lot different because of uh, so much information, mm-hmm. the social media. I think it's really challenging to be 18 to 22. I think it's challenging to be 22 to 30. I think sometimes it's challenging to be 50 to 70. I think it's a, it's it's hard mm-hmm. at times because there's so much out there. Right. Um, and you know, you can look an athlete can get going. You're they're in the program and they're reading about this workout or that workout. Um, so I think as a coach, you know, you're challenged a little bit differently. One thing I'm sure of is that if you're going to have success, your athletes need to trust the process. Mm -hmm. They need to trust it. And they value that process because they start, no matter what you're doing, right? And there's a lot of ways to get this done. If they're questioning, the athlete's questioning the process, then you got a problem. Right. How, how can you find out during the recruiting process if you've got an athlete coming in that might fit your system? You spend a lot of time, obviously, on the, with, with the, the, the recruit. Then you try to get to know mom and dad. High school coach is valuable. Mm-hmm. Talk to the high school coach. One of the things I also will do is call opposing high school coaches from that area. You know, what do you think of this athlete? What's their interaction with their teammates? Because all that's so important. Sure. And one thing I've learned over the years, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. So sometimes you can get a surprise. In both ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, do you still, let's just ask this in terms of just overall recruiting, are you still looking for some of the same athletes? I mean, I remember when I was looking here, the, 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 the uh, conventional wisdom about Coach Geiger was, 
if you're motivated, you you will turn, you will get the most out. But it was a lot of it, like, it needed to be on the guys, right? Mm. You know, to really, to de- int- intrinsically be motivated. Um, are you still recruiting the same guys you did back with Channing Corby Ponds and, and even some of those, you know, 70s and 80s? You know, not, the, the Foot Locker National Champion is always not the best fit or the one that's going to reach the next level. And self-motivation is huge. If a coach has to consistently motivate day in and day out a particular athlete, it doesn't work. Right. They have to, it, it has to be from them. They have to be motivated. I mean, coaches motivate, but if you have to do it consistently, as I, one of the things I say, if it's hard to lace up your shoes, you come to practice and you're going, I don't want to do this. When it becomes challenging just to put your shoes on and tie them, time to get out of the sport. Mm. That's a, that's a good, some great pieces right there. Um, I'm going to take one step back, and I, I want to talk about a few patterns in the sport here. Uh, talk to me a little bit, Coach, about in 1987, you were a part of two things. The You were a coach with the Olympic Festival that came through Raleigh. Mm, and Duke hosted. Yeah, what was that? I mean, I'm just not familiar. It was supposed to be a um, miniature Olympic Games because they had all different venues and different sports and and they were all together at one location. It was Duke that hosted. So, yeah, I just... I'm reluctant to do extra things like that. Yeah. Because they kind of take away from your program. Mm-hmm. I traveled to Auckland in, I think, 88 with the USA cross-country team as the lead coach. But I found that took me away from NC State. So I'm, I'm not one to do the USA situation. Not that I don't think it's important, and other coaches it's really important. It's just not who I am. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about just the, con- the continuity of just athletes. And I think one of the unique things about this program is just the connection of athletes that have run under you for the past decades. Just talk a little bit about some of, just how special that is to you. Well, what's special is, for example, you being in my office today. Is the athletes coming back? I, you know, I, I, they're coming back, and they have they have two children. I mean, we have two athletes in the program at the present time. Gavin Gaynor, his dad, Gavin Gaynor, ran for NC State, was here ten years. Stacy Bilotta, mom, Gavin's mother, was part of our program. When we finished second, she was our fifth runner. Obviously, we have Bob Hennis, right, mm-hmm. and Lori Hennis. Now we have Ellie. I mean, I don't know how many coaches can go through this rotation. Right. right. And by the way, my rotation is over after this because I'm not going to see the next year. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that I feel confident. Yeah. <laughs> you got another twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. So you know, the, the, the coaches coach because of relationships. Well, because you have done an incredible job of just building the basis by which those relationships are formed. Not only these four or five years kids are here, but then even after the fact. You know, there's no special bond. I mean, you even look out over and talk for a second about just even the professional scene. I mean, there's a ton of Wolfpack alumni who are running professionally right now from, you know, the clubs. Yeah, this this is a yeah, we're doing pretty good as a program because we got two or three in Hoka, we got... Boston BAA, and then we got uh, Zap. Um, so we, I think we have seven, at least. At least, you know. I mean, it's it's a good group. So 
as a high school coach, you you believe in develop. I did. I, I believed in development. You know, what are they going to do next, athletically? In in all respects, to be honest. Um, and as a, as a being at, at this at the, as a college coach, development. You want the athlete to run better as a sophomore and then as a junior than a senior, and potentially they want to run both graduate. They'll have that opportunity. So, so to me, it's all about development. Example, we traditionally as a program, if someone is a 10,000 meter runner, as a freshman, they don't run 10,000 meters. We believe that it's the better, you are, the better, the faster you can run at 1,500, the better you're three, the better you're five, eventually you're 10. So development shouldn't be lost. Shouldn't be lost in high school, shouldn't be lost in college either. So development's a big, big piece of this. And with development, what, how is Geiger of, tw- of Coach Geiger of 2019 different than 1989? I think the, tra- the, the training's changed a bit. Uh, there's more, more threshold type runs. Well, you know, we shorter recovery on, on uh, a lot of the workouts. Um, it's more about strength than speed. And there are though, you know, someone coming out of high school, an athlete, someone, an athlete, an athlete coming out of high school, they love the track and they love 400s. Mm-hmm. If you, any, you can talk to any high school athlete, what's your favorite workout? Uh, eight times four, four times four. Six, it's always fours. It's one lap. You have to think very long. Right, <laughs> right, right. Thousands with a 60 second recovery. Not easy. And as you're aware, at, at this level, when you're running 10K on the men's side, two times four miles, four minute recovery, averaging five minutes a mile. But that can't be hard either. You know, that's just something you can do. So things have changed. It's. Uh, the volume's got a little bit higher. The recovery's got a little less. Maybe staying away from the, the speed element. What are some like workouts that haven't changed that you continue to do year after? That you've been doing for the past you know three or four decades. <laughs> that's what that's what the people really want to know. What what are some? I mean, obviously. Uh, What's the one workout that's going to get me to? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, Pat, I don't. Yeah, I like. To, I don't know. Just uh, do it twice a week. Just yeah, yeah, we do this yeah. and this. Yeah. Um, I don't. There's not. It's just. It's periodization. It's doing the, these elements. Yeah, one of the things I believe in, you don't get away from any element of training. You, you, if you're, you you got to touch on speed once in a while, it'll go away. Now, you can do speed a lot of different ways. You can do hill repetitions. You know, six times 60 meter uphill. That's not easy at speed. Um, we use weight med. We'll use Dorothy Dix, but we'll do hill repetitions. So speed can not only be done on the track, can be done off the track, but you don't get away from it. Right. You may be doing some, some things, some volume and thousands, and you know, like I mentioned, uh, eight times a mile or whatever we're doing, but you can't get away from that other element. Now, one side may be emphasized more than the other, but again, that's, that's a planning. If I could pull out how I do it with, I do it with calendars and pencils. I mean, that's, I can, I mean, you, I mean, I, I, so I, you, old school. you can still pull out workouts that we did back in you know, 2000. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you can tell me when you were born, I can pull out the workout on that day. Uh, <laughs> that is incredible. You're too bad. You tell me the day you were I born. I would have been there about year one, maybe. I was born in 78. So, yeah. uh, well, I, you're, you're green. Yeah, well, there is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. there. High school kids back then. But I mean, I think one of the cool parts for me of the program is we're still doing runs called Gavin's, which was named for Gavin Gaynor. 
you know, there's still a workout called Kaplan, which yeah, I don't know if guys are still doing it, but that was guys did that before me. The, the hill. The hill. Yeah. Um, and then what's our equivalent of the Michigan? Uh, it's called the Fraser. Fraser. So these are workouts that again, it's linking, yeah. you know, the years. And those workouts, the Fraser is still a, a standard workout for us. If they really have to run Warhurst of, of Michigan, yeah. he called the Michigan. We call her Fraser in his honor. Um, and the, and those were the Kaplan. We kind of we don't do any longer. Right, but, uh, it's a great work. Oh, coach. A great that, that, that'll test you right there. I, I was always concerned about the down, not the up. That's right. <laughs> How hard are you going to run downhill? So, where have your training venues changed in the time you've been here? I know you mentioned WakeMed. Of course, that's only been here for the past ten years or so. In say eighty-five or ninety, where were a lot of your runs happening? Yeah, that's been a challenge. Um, at one time, this build, the building that we're sitting in right today wasn't here, mm-hmm. so we kind of had a workout area. Here. It was a cross-country course around here. It was here. a cross-country course. Um, Centennial Campus, where we have a beautiful golf course, mm-hmm. the cross-country course was where the golf course was. Oh, so the, yeah. we had workouts at Centennial. I heard the ponds made a loop out there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a flat loop. We had some hills. We could do a lot of different things. Um, Carter-Finley Stadium, before mm-hmm. they built the arena. Yeah, was uh, where we where we had our cross country meets and would do workouts. We had a combination vet school, university club kind of situation. So we've been and then wait, we've been in a lot of different places. And the challenge, Pat, is that there's certain workouts you go, man, it's a great workout. I need to do that again, and now you don't have the facility. Oh yeah. So then you got to figure out how to do the same thing someplace else. And it's, Tobacco Trail didn't exist. Yeah, that's a nice right. addition. It yeah. is a huge addition. Mm-hmm. Not only for what we do, but for the community. Totally. We yeah. need to do more of that. Right. We, as a community, I mean, you got walkers, you got runners, joggers, bikers. I mean, it's huge for this community. I would hope Dorothy Dix gets some, some kind of trail system or some kind of path. We're pushing on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, cross country, a cross country course at Dix would oh, generate yeah. a lot of money back to the community. Wait, hold like on now. That's Coach Geiger right there, <laughs> NC State's Hall of Fame Hall coach. Hall of Fame coach, yes. We need that. City of Raleigh. I was told by uh, Leon, uh, Leon County in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. They host the state high school championships, invitationals. They're going to host the NCAAs. That during a fall season, hosting all these cross-country meets, they generate totally, all those competitions together, they generate the equal to one home football game in tax dollars back. Wow. One point some million dollars. There's a good reason, there are a lot of good reasons to have a cross country. Sure. Plus what you're doing for the high school athletes. Totally. Speaking of that kind of running at large, Coach, what we're going to do is is kind of moving towards the tail end here. I got a few, I'm going to, it's going to be a little bit of a lightning round. I'm going to give you a couple, a phrase or a a pronoun or something, and I just want you to riff on it for a minute or two, something short, okay? So I'm going to say it, then you just talk on it. Just, it can be a sentence or two or whatever. All right, the first one's going to be really, really easy, okay? Coach, give me a quick take on Sir Walter Myler. The event? Yes. I don't think I asked, what is that? It's like, Coach, come on. Great for the community. Exciting. Um, community involvement. Pretty cool to have people lining a track. You know, it's it's just a it's just a special event. And again, it's an event for everybody. You you've got your Olympians and sub fours and I mean it's good. 
It's really. I mean, we're somewhat biased, but we tend to agree with. <laughs> it. My understanding too, the pub you go to afterwards is terrific. <laughs> <laughs> That's my yes. understanding. This is true. <laughs> the, right. the, the one guy this year that broke four, he had a really good. Yeah, time. He had a great time. <laughs> he had a great time. Uh, this is kind of a larger topic, but what would you just say, kind of your take on right now, 2019 American distance running? I mean, I I think. Um, we've come a long way as a country. I mean, we have the gold medalists at 1500, I believe, on the men's side. Yeah. And the, and the women have crushed it. I mean, when you think about women's distance running for U.S., marathon, 10K, 1500, I mean, it, there was a time I think the U.S. was behind. I don't think that's true anymore. I don't, it's interesting. A high school athlete breaking four minutes was a big deal. Mm-hmm. How many high school athletes broke four minutes last year? Seems like there's one or two every year now. Well, this is it's, it's more than that. Yeah, yeah. It's nine minutes. Yeah. Not what it used to be. Nine minutes in high school sub nine was big. Yeah. And I think there was 20 sub last year. Goodness. Yeah, back when I was in high school, there'd be maybe one in the mid 90s. So now it's. Kids are running fast. You know, here's what we tell you, we, we, high school athletes, we're recruiting them, they run 850 something. All right? That's good. Mm-hmm. And they're feeling good about themselves, too, by the way. Totally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now they're in college, they're running 5K. If you got to run 14 minutes or better to be quality. So now you're splitting mm-hmm. 850 something, and you got 1,800 meters to go. You got to close, yeah. 1,800 meters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's different. But U.S. running is certainly different yeah. level well, than it was. Coach, you've added the athletes that have come through this program have added to take it to the next level. All right, next thing, keeping it local, the Krispy Kreme Challenge. What's your thoughts? Eric Mack. Who <laughs> 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 I don't think has ever signed up, but he's still wanted a few years. Yes, the king. Uh, you know... Again, that that generates a lot of money back to charity. Yes, well, it, it was started by some uh, Rhodes scholars. Former guys, yeah. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. People are running. Okay. Um, how about this, coach? On a again, jumping back to the national scene, what's your take on the startup blue collar group out of Boulder, Ten Man Elite? Ten Man. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, of course, that's the coach, but then the 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 running group that's formed. I give Sam Parsons a lot of credit for getting that done. Yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, Sam's really good at marketing. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's exceptional, and he believes in the group with him and, and Drew. So I, I think it's all good. I mean, Portland, Oregon, and Drew's in the uh, 1500, didn't have a particularly good race. And I don't really know Tim. Runs across the track, and he was just in Drew's grill. I thought there's a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And he was talking about tactics. Yeah. Yeah. He got beat by Clay. I mean, it wasn't like someone just average guy beat him. Right. Right. But you know, he was he was pretty aggressive. He's no nonsense, I believe. Yeah. Now there's. I don't think he has that small talk in him. No. Mm-hmm. He's to the point. Mm-hmm. All right, catch. What about social media and recruiting? Don't like it. Don't understand it. Don't do it. I have assistant coaches that handle that. But it, I mean, it's, but, I mean, it's but, important. It's important. It's extremely important. I'm just a dinosaur. 
So, I, and I, you know, my, the assistant coaches, I mean, Chris Seaton is on top of things. He's organized. He's really bright. He's got a degree in architecture. So he kind of, he's our recruiting coordinator, you know. Uh, Lori's no longer an assistant. I'm, I keep checking my title every day to make sure I don't lose another one. <laughs> Am I, do I still have my name out there? But she's now the head women's cross country and track and field coach. So they understand what you know the media and the social and and getting that information out there. And so I've got you got to surround yourself. This is, I've been told over the years: surround yourself with individuals that are smarter than you are. My the coaching staff thinks that's fairly easy <laughs> so that's my understanding but you get in order to have the success the program's had you got to have you get you get to be surrounded by good people that's and I have, and not only in the district but our, the our, the, st- the track and field staff has been at NC State a long time I mean Chris Coleman Tom Wood have been here a long time um, I don't know you, you take how many years Lori's been here as an athlete and a coach and that's, right. a, that's another question, Coach. Uh, 40 years you've been here, NC State and then Raleigh. What, is, what have been the most significant changes to you for the, either the university or just the, the city in general? Um, you know, division, division one athletics has changed. I think, um, I think Director Cup is, it was, is huge in the sense of what it's done for college athletics. To a degree, sure. I think on the other side of the coin, it's it can be overwhelming at times that that you get a, this performance. I never talk. I never talked about winning. I'm saying to you, me, I don't. I don't. I didn't talk about winning. We, 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 when you dress the group, it was about the opportunity they're going to have the next day. Mm-hmm. We need to win this competition. I never felt that way. I, we need to prepare. Right. We have the opportunity. We need to take advantage of that opportunity. But it wasn't about we got to win today. I think sometimes it's lost in the, in recent years. You're a process means. guy, obviously. Now, you're talking a little earlier about the 2018 team. Is somebody looking from the outside in? It looked like they were struggling. The men's team really and, struggling. And then they went on to win regionals. Did you see that company coming, or what maybe led you to believe that might happen? Actually, I got real concerned <laughs> after the second Wisconsin meet. I really did. I thought. These guys are better than the running, racing, and I. My concern was if we didn't run at a higher level to ACC championships, but I knew at regionals they only take. If you're not in the top two, you better have all this mm-hmm. criteria. We had none. So did I see that coming? I kind of felt it after the conference. That day was special. It was really it was a special day. All right, Coach. Uh, one more kind of big question. You know, here we are, 40th season. If you could, you know, this question gets asked a lot, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, to a younger, you know, starting Coach Geiger, what are you telling them? What are you telling them? 40 years in, you've seen a lot, been a part of a lot, succeeded a ton, a lot of accolades. What are you telling them? Um, you know, if you expect your athletes to be committed, then you best be committed. Continue to learn. If there's coaches in the area that you – uh, that you trust, learn from those coaches. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about is the other coaches that kind of treat the situation. I mean, brought in high school, great success. Yeah. DC is a graduate. Cardinal Gibbons, great success. Nick, 
Um, I mean, Aaron Mercer is coaching at uh, Wake, uh, Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah. Chad, are, are still our record holder at 10K at UNCG. So they, they have those individuals out there and have learned, hopefully, from this, from this program. But if I was a young coach, I would, you know, the, the deal is, keep stealing. <laughs> you, see, you see a good idea, just take it. Yeah. <laughs> then take credit for it. Right. <laughs> it's all on the internet. That's right. No one knows. <laughs> I mean, I'm reading a book right now, um, How Bad Do You Want It? I don't know if you guys have read it. It is a great book. It's metal fitness kind of book. And he is terrific. Fitzgerald, I think his name is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll link it up in the notes afterwards so yeah. people want to check um, it out. Yeah. The Energy Bus. When I said I went to the children's section the one year, it's called The Energy Bus. Uh, I can't get a handle on that right now. And there's two versions called The Energy Bus. There's an adult version, which is really a book. When I mentioned earlier, there's a children's version. It's good stuff. You seem really excited still. I can tell reading's big to you. Like, what? You, you're in the Hall of Fame now. What's going to keep you going through the end of your career as a coach? Uh, the athletes in the program. Expectation that I, I got to be on my game. And I don't want to disappoint. This is important to me. Their success is extremely important to me, not mine, theirs. And what are we doing? What are they doing after this? Mm-hmm. What, what? In life, what are they doing? I mean, we talk about graduation, that's not an option, right? You don't have a choice on that. But are we developing student-athletes or something beyond this? Because you can only run so long. Sure. And the character of these athletes, the success they've had out of the classroom once they graduate, I mean, NC State is a great institution. I mean, it's academically, sometimes it doesn't have the reputation that it deserves. But it's a great institution, so I think I think the university does a good job of preparing the student athlete for something after, and I hopefully they take something away from the program more than a Fraser. Yeah, <laughs> as someone who has you know come through this program, been attached to it, been coached by you as a coll- as a collegiate athlete and as a professional athlete. I can say without a shadow of a doubt, Coach Geiger, sitting here in front of me, but you ask any other athlete, Ron Hill, guys at NJNY, guys that graduated in the 90s, Channing Corby Ponds, Coach, you you care for your athletes. And that's evident not only with their performance, but also, like you said, their character and who they become once they leave here. And that you don't, you don't just give lip service, you, you do that. And I believe your legacy, yes, you're getting this Hall of Fame award. This is rightfully, rightfully deserved for a lot of your successes, but I think your legacy will go down into the men and women you've poured yourself into for these 40-plus years. And so when I affectionately call you the godfather, <laughs> it's because you have poured out yourself in a fatherly way into a lot of lives that will have ripple effects. So, Coach, congratulations on the Hall of Fame uh, induction. Excited to see your great speech in December. Maybe I'll be there. I don't know. But we are honored to have you on the Summer of Miles Summer of Miles podcast. This is our first Hall of Fame induction on here, right, Pat? I would think so. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate you sitting down with us here in Raleigh, North Carolina, to get a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look. And Coach, I'll give you the last word. But again, thanks for being on here. Sandy, thanks for coming. Thanks for those comments, Pat. I know you're a Carolina grad. 
I am. You yes. seem like a really good guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I'm a fan of the sport, and I, I tell I know, everybody, yeah. including no, Coach Seaton, I have are, more friends in this program. No, you or are at least equal. So you are you are good for the sport. Well, thank you. So I appreciate you guys coming in, and hopefully somebody learned something from all this. Ryan Hill. I ran in NC State from 2008 to 2013 for Coach Geiger. And what I love most about Coach is that he believes in me. From the first day I met him to today, he's always believed in me. He's never wavered in ups and downs, good and bad. He's always been there to encourage me. And I eventually learned that if I just gave my best effort, he would always be there to support me. Hello, this is Gavin Gaynor. I came to NC State in the fall of 1983 because Coach Geiger told me he was building something special. In the fall of 1984, the men's team qualified for their first ever NCAA cross-country championships, and they've been perennial attendees ever since. I can't begin to tell you in 30 seconds how much Coach Geiger has meant to me over the years, so I'll just simply share with you what I told my son uh, when he made his decision to go to NC State. I can't tell you that Coach Geiger is the best coach in America, although he clearly is one of the good ones. What I can tell you is he cares about his student-athletes more than anyone else. Hey, this is Chris Seaton. It's been a privilege to know Coach Geiger for the last 18 years, both as an athlete and as one of his assistant coaches. Uh, one thing that's always truly impressed and inspired me is his passion for this sport and for the student-athletes that have been in the program that he's mentored. Uh, challenging them not only to be uh, great students, great athletes, but uh, great people. Uh, here's to you, Coach. Hey, Coach. It's Matt Sonnenfeld. Congrats on your Hall of Fame induction. I look back at the years at NC State as one of the best years of my life. The friends and memories that were made are forever lasting and wouldn't be possible without your guidance. The family that your legacy has created not only for me, but for decades worth of athletes is something that's hard for me to put into words and something that I'll forever cherish. I'm forever proud to be a part of the Wolfpack family to call you my coach. Cheers and enjoy the wine. My name is Emily Pritt and I was an athlete of Coach Geiger's at NC State from 2008 to 2013. What makes Coach Geiger so special is his attitude that our program is more than just a team. He often refers to uh, NC State as a family and it, it truly is. He's cultivated so many successful athletes and teams since he started at NC State back in the 70s because he's an incredible coach and leader, but also because he's shown that he cares about his athletes more than just for the four, five, or sometimes six years they're running for him. Uh, he wants you to get everything out of your running that you can while you're there and have success, but I think ultimately he cares a lot about our lives beyond the time he's coaching us. He's an extremely important person in my life to this day, and I feel really fortunate to have been coached by him and be part of the NC State family.